Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day. We love you all. We appreciate you. Why don't you guys join us for worship this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Satan fall like lightning I saw darkness run for cover But the miracle that I just can't get over My name is registered in heaven oh, I believe in signs and wonders I have resurrection testimony from death to life cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified this is my testimony this is my testimony sing come together Together, sons and daughters, bought with blood and washed in water. Oh. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Oh, our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony. story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh, oh we praise your name. We thank you. Oh, if you believe this next part, sing it out with me. testimony 
Thank you, God. You are so faithful. You are so good. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. I count on one thing. The same God that never fails will not fail me now. You won't fail me. working all things out you're working all things out oh yes i will lift you high in the lowest valley yes i
you, Heavenly Father. You know, there's nothing like the name of Jesus. Family, would you raise your hands in here today? Father, we give you all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise, for you gave us the very breath in our lungs, the lives we live today. So how could we not but praise you? How could we not but celebrate you here today? Praise you, Heavenly Father. The name, the name, the name of Jesus. Come on, whatever you're believing for today, just speak the name of Jesus. Jesus. Over every circumstance, the name of Jesus is bigger than any sickness, is bigger than any hurdle you're facing. And when we rejoice, we shout, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Heavenly Father. That there's nothing that can hold back that name of Jesus and that same power that rose him from the dead is alive in us. So how could we not but praise? Oh, Father, we worship you. We praise you, we praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. We give you all of the glory, Father. All the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 that every name would tremble and fall at the name of Jesus, that every sickness would fall at the name of Jesus. Every tongue would bow, and every tongue would confess the name of Jesus. Over every situation, come on, let's sing that out. Death could not hold you. supposed to look like. You belong here. You belong in the family of God. And he loves you. Father, we give you all the praise. You are worthy. We're so grateful for the hearts that are gathered here today, God. Those watching online, that you would impact all of us today through your word, through your mercy, through your grace. And Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us in everything that we do and say here today. That your name would be glorified. That we leave this place different 
that we leave this place with a boldness and a compassion to love on people like you do, God. That we would be your hands and feet, your heart to this world. Father, we give you all of the glory. Thank you for everyone that's gathered here this morning. We love you, Lord. We come together to honor you. We give you all the praise and all the glory. Family, if you can agree with that, would you say amen? Hallelujah. Would you turn and shake someone's hand this morning? Let them know that you are glad they are here. Hug on a mother's neck. Praise you, Heavenly Father. We're going to keep the kids in here for a few extra minutes this morning. So kids, why don't you stay as we honor our mothers today? Isn't it good to be in church? Well, to all the moms out there, happy Mother's Day. I hope today you did not have to make breakfast for your families. Uh, but in, uh, we want to welcome you to church this morning. A uh, few, few things of business. You know, moms, uh, you usually have to put yourselves uh, behind for the needs of the family. So I'm going to ask you that, to do that one more time here this morning because we have to make a couple announcements before we get into the time to honor you. We have connect cards that are in the seat backs in front of you. If you're visiting or you have a need, uh, want prayer, want to connect in different groups, please fill those out. Uh, that would be a help to us so we can get in contact with you as well. Uh, and then in true fashion, before we get to Mother's Day. We want to make sure we announce that we have men's ministry tomorrow. Um, <laughs> men's ministry tomorrow night here at the church at 6.30. Captain Rich Paddock's going to come and share with us uh, tomorrow night, so be here for that. 6.30, we, we start to gather and hang out. We get into the word, into the discussion at 7 p.m. Uh, a few comments about Mother's Day. Aren't, aren't moms special? Yes, that shouldn't be a question. A few, a few quick little things that I want to read you. What a mom wants on Mother's Day, an unlimited source of caffeine, a clean house, or at least the smell of a clean house, five minutes of peace and quiet, a personal laundry fairy, time to finish that book or TV show, a clone to run all of her errands, and a home full of laughter and love. <laughs> I came across this. It said, what would a world without mothers be like? The answer is Neverland. In the century since, in the century, century, no, century, since J.M. Barry penned the story, countless audiences have been captivated by portrayals of this fictional land. It's where the lost boys roam in the skies with Peter Pan, the boy who would never grow up. It's a land where time stands still, where there aren't any rules to be followed and where adventure and pirates wait around every corner. It's a land of infinite possibility, but it's also a land without moms. No moms, no moms to tuck in the lost boys at night to read them a bedtime story. No moms to bandage up their cuts and bruises after a long day of playing and roughhousing with the pirates. No moms to check for monsters under the beds. No moms to teach them manners. No moms to love them unconditionally. No moms at all. 
Neverland has remained an enduring concept over the last hundred years. It's a playground for the imagination, a world without limits, and yet even the pages of the story have Peter Pan and the lost boy searching for a mother. Even the boy who wouldn't grow up knew he was missing something precious. And it's not hard to understand why. After all, in a world without mothers, how could we become anything but a bunch of lost boys? Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> One last thing that I will read you, and we want to show a video for you real quick. It was on a present that I got my wife this morning. I mean, my kids got my wife this morning. It says, Mom, a person whose coffee is always cold and whose heart is always warm. <laughs> We're going to play a quick Mother's Day video for you guys. Motherhood plays an important role in the Bible. It binds the beginning and the end. These stories offer us a glimpse into the heart of God. And so we start at the beginning. Taken from the side of Adam, gifted with bringing forth life, the first woman was named Eve because she was the mother of all living. But she was also a mother in her own right, the first of many mothers to come. Though Sarah's womb was closed, God promised nations and kings would come from her. Ten years pass and motherhood seems as impossible as the day it was promised. But the Lord is faithful to keep his promises and Sarah bore a son who made her laugh. Leah was the firstborn, overlooked by her husband Jacob, who gave his heart to her younger sister. When the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. Despite Jacob's disdain, she found her motherhood in the Lord. When Pharaoh became angry at the fruitfulness of the Hebrews, Jochebed sacrificed her motherhood for the sake of her son. When Pharaoh's daughter saw the child, she had compassion on him. Because of Jochebed's sacrificial motherhood, the Israelites found freedom. Naomi was a mother who experienced the loss of her sons, yet she gained a daughter in Ruth who declared, For where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Naomi and Ruth became family by faith. Mary, a virgin and not yet married, was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. The motherhood of this blessed woman was more than the continuation of a family name, but a means for God to bring a savior into the world to save his people from their sins. From the garden to the cross, there have always been mothers. These women paved the way for all women, representing the full spectrum of the ways one could be called mom. Whether a mother in faith, mentorship, adoption, or by birth, you play an important role in the stories of generations to come. To all the Sarahs, Leahs, Jochebeds, and Naomis, happy Mother's Day. Can we please have all the moms rise this morning so we can honor you?
Moms, stay standing. Family, they deserve more applause than that. Come on, make it loud. I see you, Lori. Thank you, ladies. You may be seated. I love how the video touches on several, several aspects of motherhood because whether you have uh, biologically mothered anyone before, you play an important role of the lives around you. You, you pour into the young ones that are around you, you pour into friends and family, and you have a role of a mother in someone's life. So please know that you are honored today as well. Um, before we get into our giveaways, the video pointed out several important things. And, and when you look at the life and the relationship of Mary and her son, Jesus, when the angel appears to her, she's the first one that has a purpose and a vision for her son's life. She's the first one that has the hopes and the dreams that a mother carries for each and every one of their children. If you fast forward into his life, she is instrumental in his first miracle that launched him into his ministry. And then you look at the end of his life. When most people had left, where was Mary? Always there. The strength, the compassion, the heart, and the love of a mother truly shows us the best of God's character. Amen. Mom, we, uh, we want to give a few things away this morning to the moms. We have some, uh, some gifts that we want to give away. The first one, I might need some, some usher's help. Uh, we're trying to determine who has the heaviest mom bag in the building this morning. If you have a heavy, heavy bag, raise your hand. I'm going to send an usher over to greet you. Pastor Beth has one. Susie has one. Let's see. If you think you have the heaviest bag, I see you back there. Who's got the heaviest mom bag? Oh, Miss Cynthia might have. Miss Cynthia has multiple bags. Uh, uh, let, me, let me see. Let's check this one, Miss Cynthia. Let's see how heavy your bags are. She's a grandmother. Oh, it's, oh my gosh. It's not just a mom bag. It's a grandmom's bag. That is outstanding. Is there anyone else that wants to compete for the heaviest bag? You, th you think mom has the heaviest bag? Let's see. I'll check it out. Susie, let me see your bag if you think you're competing. Oh, that's pretty good, but that's not a grandma's bag. Oh, we have multiple bags getting tossed my way. Miss Karen, what do you have in there? Bricks? Oh my God. <laughs> Whose is this? That's yours, Karen? That's a Bible in there, isn't it? That's a wisdom. That's a Bible. Miss Susie's stuffing her Bible in her bag. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Mary, I'll check your bag, Mary. You have six bags over here, too. That's not quite as heavy. If I had to determine at this moment, our heaviest mom slash grandma bag goes to Miss Cynthia Mitchell, who's sitting on the front row right over here. Uh, I don't know how you carry that thing. Goodness gracious. It's the mom hip. Once you get that mom, that mom hip, it never, never goes away. Um, the next one is for the mom that has the most people with them in church here this morning. Now understand, if you are here and your mother is here, she gets the prize, okay? So do we have anybody that has more than five people with them in church this morning? Back there, okay. How many of you guys have? Count them all. Eight. Do we have anybody that has more than eight people with them at church this morning? You don't have 10 with you. You can't just count everybody in the room. You had 10 people come with you today? They're on their way. I'm speaking it by faith, she said. I'm speaking it by faith. 
So let's do this. Uh, Chris, is that your mom that's back there with us today? Since she is the matron of the family, she gets the prize. Carson, why don't you run it all the way back there to the young lady in the pink jacket? And I'm going to be careful how I word this one. This one is for the most seasoned mom. Can I say it that way? The most seasoned. Uh, that also means, uh, can you just say the oldest? No, she didn't want to say it either. She's smart. But the most seasoned mom or the oldest mom in attendance today, is there anybody that is over the age of 80 here today? I have one back here. Right? Is, is that our only one over 80? We have anybody else over 80? Okay, we have a competition now. Okay, there's three in the running. Okay, anybody over 85? We have three over 85. Okay, I'm going to need ages. How old? 92. Do we have anybody older than 92? I mean, any, anyone more seasoned than 92? That's it. All right, young lady, would you take that all the way back? Would you stand so we can honor you this morning, our 92-year-old seasoned mom? That's so awesome. To spiritual moms, adopted moms, moms by blood, moms by family, you are appreciated and loved. Know that you are honored today. If your mom's not here in church with you or if you have people that have spoken into your life, make sure you reach out to them today to let them know how special they are to you. Amen. Thank you and happy Mother's Day. We've got a baby dedication today. So, Kiara, Chris, and other children are making their way up. This is Pamela. Think she'll let me hold her? Sure. Hey, sweetheart. <laughs> You're gonna have to look this way. This baby dedication is really a parent dedication. One of the things, well, in fact, the only thing that the Bible tells us about why God might have chosen Abraham to make a covenant with rather than anybody else is it says, God said, I know him, that he will command his household to know the ways of the Lord. So the parents are dedicating themselves to raising Pamela in the nurture and the admonition of God. <laughs> That's not my tablet. I can't give that to you. 
So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this precious family and these precious children, especially Pamela. We thank you, Father, that she will know you all the days of her life, that you shall make your will known for the plan that you have for this little girl's life. We thank you, Father, that she walks in the favor of the Lord in everything that she does and that she grows in wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. I love you guys. Oh, we're going to dismiss the children and the junior high youth at this time. You can go uh, to the back door there and uh, follow your teacher to your class. Pamela was so cute. She just stared at you, a little hole right through you. She is a thinker. Do you think she's a thinker? Yeah, she just was looking right through you. Thank the Lord. Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms in here. Amen. Praise the Lord. I said to uh, somebody this morning, I said, I feel sorry for mothers that don't go to church on Mother's Day. It just makes it a better day to worship the Lord and to be together, doesn't it? So much better. We're going to give you an opportunity to give this morning. And so the ushers are in the aisles. If you need an envelope, but you could find an envelope in your seat as well as you can give electronically. You know what that is about. Praise the Lord. And uh, last week we showed you a video for uh, Rama Bible College. And uh, so just as a reminder, if you were unable to give into that offering last week and you want to give to it this week, you can just mark on your offering envelope or your offering uh, Bible school or missions or something like that. We'll know what it goes toward. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, for your compassion for your loving kindness to us. The Bible says, you said in your word, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. We thank you, Lord, that you take care of us, that we have all that we need for today. And so we rest in you and we trust in you and we rejoice in you. And we bring to you our tithes and we bring to you offerings, Lord, as our worship unto you of gratefulness, for all that you are. We thank you that you multiply it, that you bless it. You give us opportunities, Lord, to give. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So help me to love with open arms like you. 
attacked my brain. There were They explained it to me this way, that the blood clots attacked my brain, and instead of embedding in the brain, they traveled over it. Now, they also told us before, while I was still in the hospital, that it was a low-level stroke and they rate them numerically. And so they said it was about a two or a three, which would be a, a, a minimal, a minor stroke. And they also said that uh, there was a more aggressive protocol that they would have engaged in But, uh, in fact, they are mandated to engage in in a stroke that is a five or a six, or in certainly anything greater than that. So they're, they're thinking that when they examined me and classified it as a two or a three, a low level, they were just picking up one of the blood clots rather than all three. If, if, the, um, if the blood clot had embedded, if any of the three blood clots had embedded in the cerebellum, it probably would have taken my life. So after the meeting with the doctor. I went on with the physical therapy and there, um, there are a lot of people that are undergoing therapy, physical therapy or other types of therapy. And I was noticing someone that was having a hard time and struggling and my heart really went out to him. And I remember saying one thing, one word, speaking one word at that time. I said, Lord, how? And instantly, or faster than instantly, The Lord said, I have a hedge of protection around you. And I said, Lord, how? And he reminded me of the times that I sing this little song, it's a spiritual song that was given to uh, the sister of Lillian B. Yeomans 
You might remember the Yeomans were the ones that had the, the healing rooms. And they had such phenomenal success in dealing with people that medical science had given up on that it became widely known. And the little song says, I'm not under the curse. I'm not under the curse for Jesus that set me free. For sickness I have health and for poverty wealth since Christ has ransomed me. It's taken from Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, which says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For his written curses is everyone that hangeth on the tree. And folks, I've just been living off this revelation that the Lord gave me. Now, when the Lord said, I have a hedge of protection around you, there's only one place in the Bible that speaks of that, specifically in that manner, and that's in the book of Job. But the book of Job has got so many things that we don't understand and don't have answers for that I really hate to even share the scripture with you. There are other places where the Bible reveals God's protection. Psalm 91 is, has several references. So the idea of God's protection is not a, a novel idea. But he gave me Colossians chapter 3. Paul is speaking to the church at Colossae. And he's telling them about how to walk in love and so forth. Colossians 3, 15, it says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Turn with me over to James chapter 1. Verse 2, it says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. The word temptation there means test or trial, difficulty or trouble. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith work is patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now the wisdom he's talking about here must be the wisdom concerning the tribulation or the, the difficulty that you might find yourself in. Because the Bible says that Christ has made unto us wisdom. So for James to be directed by the Holy Ghost, he must be talking about specific wisdom concerning the, the, the experience that you're in the middle of. Verse six, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Now let me read Colossians 3.16 again to you. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. James is saying, if you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But God is telling us what that wisdom would be in the middle of whatever test or trial or affliction or trouble that we may find ourselves. He's saying, sing these little spiritual songs. Now there's also a verse of scripture in John chapter 15, verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, what does it mean for the word to abide in you? Well, back to Colossians 3.16 again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Here's how we can fulfill that, that instru instruction that's given to us. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In Psalm chapter eight, verse one, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, strength comes to stop the enemy of God. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. This word angels is the word Elohim. It means God himself. And remember in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it's creation account. God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. And let them have dominion over the work of our hand. Thou hast made him a little lower than God himself and crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hand. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Now, this is a psalm of David. But it's a creation account of what the angels did. Now in... Hebrews chapter 2, I believe Paul is the author of the book of Hebrews, and he is talking about how much greater God is than the angels, and the position that he gave unto man. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5, for unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified. Now the one he's talking about is an angel, one of these angels. But one in a certain place, meaning at, at creation, 
testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou made him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things under him. Folks, the Bible tells us in many different places and in different ways of the importance of living a life of thanksgiving. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by supplication. By prayers and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto him. Now, we always go to certain scriptures when we talk about these things. Acts chapter 16 tells us about how Paul and Silas were at Philippi, first time in that area in Macedonia. And Philippi was the chief city of that region of Macedonia. It tells us about how Paul cast the devil out of this little girl that was selling fortunes to make money for the people that, that owned her. She was a slave. And so they got put in jail because they disrupted the business activity that was going on. So Paul and Silas were in jail, and it tells us in verse 25, and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. They didn't just pray. They prayed and sang praises to God. Now later they write, Paul writes to the Philippian church and the scripture that we just quoted, Philippians chapter four, verse six, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known unto God. Looks like Paul lived what he preached. Now, there are often times when people are seeking the will of God in their lives, and especially when you're in the middle of trouble or a hard place, the devil will tell, double up and try to make you question whether you're in the will of God or not. Most people accept that when hard places or difficulties come, it's a, a clear-cut proof or evidence that we've done something out of the will of God But Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16. 
he's closing the letter and he's giving last minute instruction to the church. So he tells them, rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything give thanks, because this is the will of God. Folks, it seems that when we give thanks unto God, it's an act of our faith that puts his hedge of protection around us or activates it. I don't believe God spends his time protecting and releasing, protecting and releasing. I believe his hedge of protection is there all the time but it's through our giving of thanks that's the act of faith that activates the protection. Now folks, I can tell you without any fear of contradiction that I've sung that little Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law song hundreds of thousands of times over the last several years. It's a song that's always with me. It's, be, it's become a part of my heart. The man on the inside Now, as I started to say before, using scriptures like Isaiah, like uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. But I've always come from it, or spoken about that passage of scripture from the offensive side, not the defensive side. Another scripture that we use along that same line is in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 when it tells us about Jehoshaphat and the armies of Israel being surrounded by five enemy armies. And it tells us that Jehoshaphat proclaimed the fast and called everybody to, to come and pray. And as they prayed, Jehoshaphat identified some things that, they, that he had done Turn back with me in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed the fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered, gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah came they to seek the Lord. 
And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest thou not over the kingdoms of the, of the heathen? And in thy hand is there not might and power, so that none is able to withstand thee? Art not thou our God, who did drive out the inhabitants of this land who before the people of Israel and gave it to thy seed, the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil comes upon us, as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction when thou wilt hear and help. Now folks, notice he's claiming a promise that God has made to them. When they built the sanctuary, when Solomon built the sanctuary or the temple, there were things that God said and one of those things was, if you ever need my help and come before this temple, I will send help for you. Well, they outlined the help they need, verse 10. And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou wouldst not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession which thou hast given us to inherit. O our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. And then it tells us about the spirit of the Lord coming upon Jehaziel. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid nor dismayed by the reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. He's talking about protection. He's saying you, know, you won't have to fight in the battle. Just rely on God's protection. Tomorrow go you down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Second time he said it. Set yourselves. Stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. God's promising a protection, isn't he? And Jehoshaphat bowed his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. He sees the importance for mixing faith with what God has said. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them, 
And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy one another. Look at how God's protection took care of their enemies. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked into the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and more escaped, none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. It was so much. Now, folks, there are things that Jehoshaphat did that put him in a position to get God's help. He reminds God of his promise. But he also reminds him that they've done what they were told to do. this is the kind of praying that works when you can in good conscience and in the reality of the truth stand before God and say Father here's your promise you said if we call upon you that you'd help us well we've kept our part again John chapter 15 verse 7 if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. It tells you that God's on your side for you to receive what you will. Folks, I don't know what your last three weeks have been like. But the last three weeks for me is like I'm walking on air. One of the works of the Holy Ghost is to remind you of all the things that Jesus said. Jehoshaphat instructed the people. He put the singers out front of the army because God said, because the Holy Ghost had said through this prophet Jehaziel that they would not need to fight. I'm sure that the armies weren't in the habit of not being first among the people of Israel. But Jehoshaphat put the singers out front. And they sang praise to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 
throughout this situation, physical situation that I found myself in that started back in 2011. There have been times where the Holy Ghost would remind me of different scriptures. I've had the Lord speak to me and remind me of things that the Word said, scriptures of deliverance and healing, for example. But then the Lord has spoken to me through dreams too. There was a dream that I had one morning just as I was waking up. You know that place between being awake and asleep? Well, at that point, the Holy Spirit quickened or spoke to me. And when I say spoke to me, I don't mean he talked to me. But he gave me a dream, and it happened twice in a matter of just a few seconds. And the dream was in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27. And the first dream I had was his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. And in the second dream, which was just seconds later, and his yoke from off thy neck. The rest of the verse is, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Now with just what the Holy Spirit gave me in that dream, I didn't know that this was the verse of scripture that he was referring to. Now what made that personal to me is the part that he didn't quote, the last phrase, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That's the part of scripture that Brother Hagin used to rely on and he'd talk about it all the time because it was part of what the Lord had given him. In 1950, Jesus appeared to Brother Hagin and he talked to him about a ministry of healing the sick And he told Brother Hagin to tell people about his experience. And that experience included Jesus putting the finger of his right hand in the palms of each of Brother Hagin's hands. Brother Hagin said his hands began to burn like he was holding a coal of fire. 
And a part of the way to get that healing anointing activated was that he was supposed to tell people that Jesus appeared to him and that he put his, the finger of his right hand into each of the palms of Brother Hagin's hand. And Jesus told him, if people will believe that I appeared to you and that the anointing, healing anointing is in your hands, then they'll be healed. And so Brother Hagin in his crusade and nearly all the time that I was with him, he would designate certain times, certain days that he was there. And he would tell the story and then ministers of the people lay hands on the people. And we saw some fabulous Miracles that were done as a result. Well, I know that part. And if the Holy Spirit had just simply told me the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing, I would have known exactly where to go and what to, what to expect when I got there. But to be honest with you, before that time, I couldn't have told you for certain that the other parts of the verse were even there. Notice it says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Well, that leads me back to a different scripture in Luke chapter 5 and verse 17. And it came to pass that on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That tells us about how there were four guys that brought their friend. They took off the tiling of the roof and let him down, let his friend down before Jesus. And Jesus ministers to him, tells him to, to stand and be healed, and he was. But the power of the Lord was present to heal everybody there. Now who was there? Were there other sick people there in the, in the house? Well, we'd probably have to say that it would make sense that there would be because if the people, including the sick, found out he was there, then they would certainly have gone to get something from him. But even though the power of the Lord was present to heal them, they weren't healed. They have trouble with the way Jesus began to minister to the guy that was let down through the roof.
And so they didn't mix faith with the power that was there, so the power didn't do them any good. There will come to pass on certain days that through the teaching of the word, the power of the Lord would, would make, it, make itself present to heal the sick. We're going to experience these things. Now, do we know how to make the power of the Lord present to heal the sick? Yeah, we do. The Bible says faith, so then faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So if we teach on healing, It'll make healing power available. Now there can be different measures of anointing or healing power. There were different measures of healing power that was on Jesus. For example, when he was in Nazareth, he couldn't do any mighty works there because they didn't believe, because of their unbelief. So it tells us that he went about their cities teaching in their synagogues. There will be times whether it's just by teaching the word or a moving of the Holy Ghost where the healing power of God will come into this place and reside. We simply have to be ready to extend our hand of faith, to take hold of what's there. And to bring about the desired result that God has. Why would the power of the Lord be present to heal them and God not want them to be healed? But it doesn't depend on God it depends on the people. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. So people are going to have a choice to make. Are they going to be like the Pharisees and the doctors of the law and sit by? Or are they going to be like the man which was taken with a palsy who was let down through the roof to come in contact with Jesus? I personally want to be a roof taker offer.
Folks, whatever you're going through, I've got some information for you. It is the will of God for you to give thanks. In the middle, not for everything, but in the middle of everything. When I think about the calendar and look back to where this stuff started and with all the things that I've done, gone through and all the things that I've put up with regarding the Parkinson's and then here lately the stroke, I can tell you that I wouldn't take anything for the experience that I've had. This experience has been made with the conscious truth and knowledge that God has been with me the whole time, every step, every hour. Now, when I say I wouldn't take anything for the experience, I wouldn't want to go through it again for anything either. But I can certainly tell you that I come to the place, and I'm not talking about just now, but many years ago, where I can give thanks for everything, whether it's been good times, good experiences, or difficulty experiences. I am thankful for all of it, the good and the bad and the ugly. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Folks, if you're in a hard place, whatever it might be, physically, financially, whatever, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. If you're in the middle of a hard place, a difficult time, just stand where you are, please. I'm standing up with you. I'm going to ask you just to draw a circle around you and the Lord. And don't pay any attention to what anybody else is doing. Don't give any thought to anything except you and Jesus. And let's just give thanks. You don't have to thank God for the hard place. He's not the one behind the difficulty. But he is your deliverer. So let's just thank him. Father, we bless you. We thank you so much. We know that the trying of our faith worketh patience. But we are thankful for your presence. We are thankful 
that you're always with us. You never, never leave us nor forsake us. And so we offer our thanksgiving unto you, Father. Just like Paul and Silas prayed at midnight and sang praises. We lift our heart to you, Father. We thank you for guiding us. We thank you for delivering us. We thank you for bringing us through whatever we're facing. Bless you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that your healing mercy is raising us up. Thank you that your delivering power has set us free. Thanks be unto God. Thank you, Lord, for the price that you paid as our substitute to set us free. Your word says, whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Therefore, we call ourselves free indeed. That means completely free. Thank you, Father. We abide in you and your words abide in us. Therefore, we ask and remind you that we're standing in faith for healing for our physical bodies, deliverance from the work of the devil. We're free financially. We're free from every evil work. Thank you, Lord for manifesting your goodness to these people and to all those that consider themselves a part of our family. Lord, you said that it would come to pass in that day that the burden would be lifted from our shoulders and the yoke taken from off our neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Bless you, Father. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you're the merciful, healing God. You are the merciful, delivering God. Thank you, Lord, for your hedge of protection that's around us all. We are not under the curse, not under the curse, for Jesus has set us free. For sickness, we have health, and for poverty, we have wealth, since Christ has ransomed us. 
Bless you, Father. Amen, amen, amen. Well, let's all stand together. And let's close with our confession again. This is our year of Jubilee. We expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. We believe for financial miracles and miracles of healing in Jesus' name. Father, you said we'll have what we say. So we say that we will have financial miracles. We say that we shall have miracles of healing in Jesus' name. We say that we expect manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great Mother's Day.